Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and today we are in week 48 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. We're just a few weeks away from completing this uh, year-long task of working through one of the oldest and one of the most helpful of Reformed catechisms that the church has used for hundreds of years. And today, in week 48, I'm going to be talking to you about question 122. This week, we're, we're continuing to work our way through the Lord's Prayer. We're continuing to work our way through Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And today, we're going to focus on another aspect of this prayer, particularly the phrase, your kingdom come. So far, here's what we've learned. Uh, we've learned that that there, there there's meaning and there's depth and there's an understanding that we need to have to what Jesus has taught us to pray in the model prayer, what we generally refer to as the Lord's Prayer. We've already focused in on what it means to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's what we've looked at in the last couple of weeks. And today we're going to take a stab at the next phrase, which is, Your kingdom come. And the first question helps us to understand that this is not just a statement, it's actually a request that we're making. So question 122 is read this way. What does this second request mean? And the answer is this. It means your kingdom come, means rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. Keep your church strong and add to it. Destroy the devil's work. Destroy every force which revolts against you and every conspiracy against your word. Do this until your kingdom is so complete and perfect that in it you are all in all. Now that's a very thorough answer, and we could break that answer up into a couple of different ways of, of looking at it. So first of all, your kingdom come means rule us by your word and spirit. But he it continues on and helps us to understand that that rule that we're asking for is primarily a rule over us as individuals. Rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. So this is an individual personal growth as a follower of Christ, as a son or daughter of God. But then he goes on and he says, and keep your church strong and add to it. So there's a there's a corporate aspect of this. And then there's also a global aspect because our, our churches are not only local, it's not only our local body of Christian believers that we're concerned with, but also the global body of believers all over the world. And then it says, destroy the works of the devil or destroy the devil's works. Now that, that gives us this warfare mentality. Uh, and then it talks about not only that, but we, we do this until the kingdom comes in its complete and perfect Way So there's an individual application to this. There's a, a church local and church global application to this. There's a spiritual warfare application to this. And then there's a final and complete day of consummation aspect to this. So the Heidelberg Catechism is saying this one little phrase, your kingdom come, has layers to it. It has layers to it. Now, the word kingdom, let's go back to that first part of it. Um, the word kingdom is it's a massive term in Scripture, uh, and it's very rich with meaning. Uh, a kingdom implies three things. It implies a king, a people, and a land. Uh, in order for a kingdom to be, all three of these things must be in place. You have to have a, a, 
you can't have a kingdom if you don't have a king. And you can't have a kingdom without a group of people that are being ruled over. And you can't have a, a kingdom and a people in that kingdom unless there's a defined space of land for all those people to dwell on. And therefore, a, a kingdom implies three things, a king, a people, and a land. Now, when it comes to the kingdom of God, those same three principles, those same three things must be in place. And when we talk about the kingdom of God, we think of it in terms of God's rule, right? He's the king over God's people, those who trust in him by faith, and God's place. Now, another bit of language that you may have heard along the way is that the kingdom of God exists in an already and not yet kind of way. Um, the kingdom of God has already been established by the coming of Jesus, uh, but it has not yet come in its fullness, in its final iteration. In other words, Christ has been enthroned as king, right? We read about that in Matthew 28. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So Jesus has all authority in the universe. He is king, ruling over everything. And those who believe in him, those who trust in Christ by faith, have already been set apart as his people. So there's two parts to this. We have a king and we have a people. But we are not yet united in the new heavens and new earth that are to come and that the Revelation tells us about and even Jesus tells us about and the Apostle Paul writes about in the New Testament. So all of that to say, a kingdom implies certain things. And we understand the kingdom of God in an already, God, Jesus has established, he's inaugurated his kingdom, but it hasn't come in its fullness. That is yet to come. But we do need to understand that when we pray, your kingdom come, we are asking God to establish his kingdom in all of the ways that he has promised that he will establish his kingdom. And, and specifically, in the first instance, we are asking God to extend his rule over our hearts and over our individual lives. We are, we are also asking him to come or to come again and more fully establish his kingdom on earth as he has promised. So we're asking him to work in us now, and we're asking him to come to establish his final work as soon as possible. But the catechism focuses on some other things. It focuses on the fact that we are asking God to work in the here and now by his spirit and word. And when we ask God to let his kingdom come. We're asking him to work in us. We're saying, Jesus, come into our hearts and rule over the areas of our lives that you lay claim to, which is everything. Whether we eat or whether we drink or whatever we do, we do all to your glory. So Jesus, come and establish your rule in our hearts in specific ways. That's what we're asking when we say your kingdom come. We're asking him to grow us in faith and obedience, in faithfulness and sanctification. We're praying that Christ would extend his rule in our hearts and in our lives today. But we're also praying that Christ would extend his rule in the church. And, and that doesn't just refer to our local church, but it also refers to the church throughout the world. Sometimes we think about the church in two ways. We think about the church local and the church global. Or maybe you think about the church visible and the church invisible. There's always different... But, but here's what that's getting at, is that we, at Cornerstone Baptist Church, we are a church. We are a gathering, an assembly of Christ's people. And we're a local assembly of Christ's people. But there are churches all over the place, and there are churches all over the world. And when we ask God, let your kingdom come, we are asking God not just to work in extending his rule in our local church only, but in the church global. Which means that this is a really big prayer. 
We're praying for God to work in our hearts. We're praying for God to work in the hearts of our fellow believers in the local community. And we're praying for God to work throughout the world to establish his kingdom more fully, more more deeply, and more consistently. And this is exactly how Jesus teaches us to pray. And we could stand to meditate on this a little bit more because it's, it's easy for us to get in the rut of thinking only about our own individual needs or about the needs in our own individual church. And Jesus is saying, well, that's important, but it's not the only thing that's important. This particular prayer causes us to look up and cry out for the spread of Christ's rule in his people throughout the world. And then finally, the the catechism, or maybe I shouldn't say finally, but uh, the catechism also teaches us to think about uh, this prayer, your kingdom come, in the sense of spiritual warfare. Um, The spiritual warfare between the kingdom of God and any kingdom that would oppose him, namely the kingdom of the enemy, the kingdom of the devil. It it even names that in this prayer or, or in this catechism. So to pray for the spread or the coming of Christ's kingdom is necessarily to be praying for the complete overthrow of every other kingdom that opposes him, namely the devil. But don't let the spiritual warfare aspect of this frighten you away, because later on in this prayer, Jesus is going to instruct us to pray for protection from the devil. But in this particular part, we are praying that God would tear down and overthrow every rebel kingdom that seeks to stand in the way of God's kingdom being established in the hearts of God's people all over the world. So this is a pretty big prayer. <laughs> it's a prayer about the thanking God in some sense for the establishment of his kingdom here and the asking or the, re- the request for God to extend his kingdom in our hearts, his rule over our lives through his spirit and his word. It's a prayer for God to work at, to, ex- to extend his kingdom and more deeply establish his kingdom in our church and in all churches. It's a prayer to ask God to overthrow any kingdom that might oppose his kingdom in our hearts, lives, or this world. And it's also a prayer for God to bring the fullness of his kingdom into reality now, right? I mean, this is a big prayer. And now that we have a clearer understanding of what it means to pray this way, we should be motivated all the more to do what Jesus instructs us to do, which is to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Now, I hope that's been helpful to think through this today. Thank you so much for joining me to discuss this aspect of Christian prayer. Next week, we're going to continue to dig deeper into the Lord's Prayer. And next week, we're going to learn what it means for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I hope you will join me for that discussion as we look at Lord's Day 49 and question 123. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at cbcwiley. You can find us on Facebook, if you want to do that kind of thing, at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or your preferred podcast catcher so that you can stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.